How have the digital marketing platforms changed over the course of the year? Do you know how to shift with them? We're talking about the evolution of digital marketing platforms and the changes to consumer privacy here on The Edge. Go! Your weekly digital marketing trends with industry trend-setting guests. Powered by your digital marketing pioneers, Site Strategics. This week's featured guests are J.D. Prater, head of marketing at Osmos, and Joe Martinez, co-founder of Paid Media Pros. Now, here's your host, Aaron Sparks. This is Edge of the Web Radio. I'm your host, Aaron Sparks. Every week, we bring you amazing guests to chat about digital marketing news and topics. Each week, we unpack a key marketing topic for our digital marketing audience. So whether you're part of an agency, a freelancer, or part of a firm, this show is for you. So check out everything over at edgeofthewebradio.com. All the shows, content, social, and much more over at edgeofthewebradio.com. Edge of the Web is brought to you by our title sponsor, Site Strategics. We're the pioneers in the agile digital marketing methodology. Our core specialties are SEO, SEM, social media, marketing and management, conversion rate optimization, omni-channel, media marketing, agile marketing that actually is results-based marketing that works. So if you're interested in what we can do for you, just give us a call at 877-SEO for web or 877-736-4932. I almost missed it. Just want to let you know who will be coming up on the show over the next few episodes. Olga Zardeshna, Christina Azarenko, and Darren Shaw. Be sure to check out the recent shows we've had with Garrett Sussman, Bill Slosky, and Mark Traphagen. Those are fantastic shows. Certainly dug into a lot of great topics uh, over the last few weeks. If you're interested in being part of the show, simply drop us a line at info at edgeofthewebradio.com. Uh, set your reminders for YouTube to get notified when we post the videos of this show. Each video is actually the full interview. Make sure you check out all the weekly news podcasts as well, covering the most uh, recent digital marketing news and Google updates. We're dropping it every Tuesday uh, to help you navigate the week in digital marketing. Uh, continued uh, co-host on the show is Morty Oberson, the indomitable Mar Morty Oberstein. So check us out and see how he abuses me each and every week. Now let's meet this week's industry expert guests. It's a pleasure to introduce our more recent listeners to these gentlemen that I'm about to speak with today. Uh, we've had on individually over time, twice for J.D. Prater and Joe Martinez. Uh, great stuff from those interviews, so we really would like you to go back and check out some of those interviews in the past. Now, these guys are buds, and I wanted to get them on together about talk about their efforts in the digital marketing world and the platforms that they work on. Uh, there's a new embrace of diversification of, of digital marketing platforms by clients, and these guys see that regularly. So let's first introduce Jetty. Uh, he's the head of marketing at Osmo. So we can actually formally make that announcement, right, sir? That is right. As of today, we can say it. So this is breaking news. We got to get this stuff out. So congratulations <laughs> on that. Uh, we certainly want to unpack Osmos, but let's uh, share with our listeners your experience. You're also the host of Thrills and Chills Product Marketing Podcast. Congratulations on that. Um, JD's got his finger on the pulse of product marketing. He's also a seasoned product marketer that excels at go-to-market strategies. He develops product narratives as well uh, that, that, that resonate with the audience as well as grow revenue, revenue and build tribes. He's out in Oklahoma now now as he left the Bay Area amid the pandemic and his career path has been through AdStage which was TapClicks and uh, TapClicks acquired AdStage, Quora, Google and Amazon Web Services and now with Osmos Data. So uh, thanks for joining us today, JD. 
No, so excited to be here. Of course, uh, love the podcast, uh, and I love Joe almost as much. Uh, see, we have a pecking order now. <laughs> All right, so let me open that door for Joe here. Joe Martinez, uh, he's an international paid media writer and speaker. He was the director of client strategy at Clicks Marketing previously with Granular and Top Floor Technologies. Uh, he hosts a great YouTube channel with Michelle Morgan called Paid Media Pros, and they do a fantastic job. I can't talk enough about how detailed they get in communicating techniques of marketing platforms down to the, the levers and the dials and the knobs you have to actually throw. So if you want to learn multiple platform approach of advertising, they break it all down there. So Joe, thanks for joining us again. Third time on the show as well. Hey, it's always great to be back. Love this show as well. And again, any excuse to hang out with my boo-boo JD, it's always a good thing. You actually called him boo-boo. <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's a thing. I had one of them. By the way, Martinez, I don't think I've actually uh, met anyone ha that was such a diehard Star Wars fan as Joe. Joe's in the freaky pole of, of Star Wars, so I got to ask about the Bad Batch. What's your take, man? Good so far. I just got to see how it ends. Yeah. To me, I, I can't, can't judge it till it's over, but... But in a, in a couple hours, I got to make my weekly trip to the comic shop and pick out the new book that, and, and go to a different store to actually pick up the hardcover book that came out yesterday. So okay, I'm, everybody listening at home, yeah, actually understand nerd, what he's doing. <laughs> nerd. Now, now, I mean, he, he's, you know, if the word Star Wars canon starts coming up, I mean, you actually understand that he goes canon plus off canon, so he can actually fully embrace the Star Wars universe. Everything. Everything. Everything about it. This is the way. Okay. So if anybody wants to actually trail Joe and follow what he actually throws out there, every once in a while he'll actually take a picture of his books or his media collection, and it is it is scary, the depth of uh, Star Wars material there. Just saying. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. See, actually it puts my Batman collection down a couple pegs, so whenever I actually want to show how, my wife how conservative I am on my collection, I'll just point to you and go, look, I could be that. Could be worse. <laughs> it could be way worse. <laughs> All right. So, gentlemen, I wanted to bring you both together. Usually we're doing a one-on-one -on -one interview, and always is the case that we could go full tilt three hours with each of you. But I wanted to get you both together and talk about what we're seeing on the digital marketing platform front. What growth have you seen in the world of these different digital platforms? And not just the actual platforms themselves. I'm going to tee it up to you here, but also some of the key concepts inside of digital marketing, like audience targeting segment segmentation tools and AI-powered optimization. What have you seen starting to evolve? Because we're, we're all seeing changes in platforms, but you guys have the pulse of this. What are some new uh, innovations that our listeners should really be paying attention to? Joe, I'd take you first. Yeah, I think, you know, ever since the world got flipped upside down pretty much a year ago. Yep. Um, in my case, and I can only speak from my perspective and the clients I had at the time, is looking at whether an account was struggling due to all the changes or they were benefiting from it. So it's two scenarios. It was the opportunity to explore mm -hmm. other channels besides the big dogs. So in the case of where clients were hurting, certain things were that sometimes they couldn't afford certain channels like LinkedIn, or, or sometimes depending on how expensive Google was. So they had to look for other routes because their marketing budgets were shrinking because money wasn't coming in. Right. So we had to get 
clever. We had, we had to not do what we were always doing and one, it, it benefits people's people strategies. It opens their mind to, Hey, a lot of these channels have been around for many years. It's just, you weren't testing them because you were just doing what you were doing all the time. Throwing and then big the, cash on, at big platforms. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Keep on going. Keep on going. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then on the flip side for our clients who benefited, they felt like, you know, just a lot of them were, we had, were in the healthcare industry. They felt like they were kind of maxing out what they could do with Google. But since business was really, really good about a year or so ago, mm -hmm. they wanted to expand their reach and they got more budgets so they could keep going and testing other platforms. So it, we just had the opportunity and, you know, it, from a worker's perspective, it was fun to just finally get to do a bunch of yeah. different things. And even if it was just raising awareness, you know, just keeping the lights on, but just have some sort of branding, mm -hmm. we got to test out a lot of different things, do a bunch of different platforms that clients have never tested out before. And that's probably the first time I felt like a, a true marketer instead of just doing Google ads or just doing Facebook ads. Sure. So you're testing out different uh, intent oriented messaging and being able to kind of fill that grid or that lattice down of, I, I know it's you know, cl cliche, but that buyer's journey to be able to connect to them at those different levels of uh, consumer interaction. But the clients are actually more and have uh, been more embracing this level of diversification like you're talking about. Um, JD, what have you saw from kind of a buy-in of the clients and the appreciation of digital marketing as a whole? Yeah, I think, you know, to Joe's point, I think innovation comes from constraint, right? So we have all these new constraints and it's really requiring us as marketers to be more innovative. And I don't think you see this any more like hyper innovation than like Facebook, right? I mean, mm -hmm. there's so much constraints. You can't, you know, you make a little change and all of a sudden your ad is just gone right. or your your performance just tanks. And you can kind of see Google trying to do the same thing now uh, with their smart campaigns. I, you know, coming in into this new role ahead of marketing, they've mm -hmm. got an ad campaign set up and it's a smart campaign. They've got like a hundred broad match keywords Ooh. And I'll be damned if they're not getting $12 CPLs, right? And you're like, are you kidding me? Wow. Like, and I'm like worried. Now I'm supposed to come in, be this expert. And you're, I'm like, I don't want to touch this. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I can do better than that. Or what if I put in a new campaign structure and it has to go learn, right? Like right. all of this, it's a new website. There's new tracking, right? So it's it's really interesting to see how these platforms are making it so easy for the common person, you know, in my case, this is a engineering focused founder mm -hmm. could set up a smart campaign and still drive leads. Um, so I've been really impressed with how we're seeing this adoption of digital marketing, even outside of marketers to where we're seeing people get it and they're getting results and they're happy with the results without having to do a whole lot. And, I go and that's the, really impressive. Yeah, yeah. And I go through the pain that we've gone through, the, the learning experience of don't bid there, bid there. But isn't that also the risk here? If we've got AI yeah. optimization running all, you're not learning the lessons, the bot's learning the lesson, the machine learning's learning the lessons. And we've had a number of, of different guests on the shows over the last year that also kind of get the red flag of machine learning that's not governed by key business goals. Machine learning can run you into a cliff because it thinks it's what you're looking for. 
And if unless you have a, you know, it's, it's kind of like uh, that, you know, the the race car is on the electric racetrack. Unless you've got that down there, that that guideline, it can spend your money very very quickly, and it can show a, a twelve dollar CPL, but <laughs> it, it may not be matching anybody that you're really trying to get, right? Yeah. I know. I mean, you're hundred percent correct. Uh, you know, and we're seeing this, you know, every day, even uh, the new company I'm at Osmos, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we have AI powered, you know, transformations. We can take clean data and we take messy data and make it clean, but we say it's part human, part machine. Mm -hmm. And cause you have to have the human to give it the guardrails, to give it the guidelines of knowing what to do. How do I clean this in Google, Facebook's case? It's, what is a good conversion? Right. Um, going a little bit deeper of not just CPL, but you know, putting some other uh, type of metrics behind that of you know, it, did they convert into a customer? Mm -hmm. What are they a paying customer? And so I think the further that we can track down the line, hopefully that's going to move upstream. Um, yeah. So I think that's where we can help out on being a little bit more advanced, guiding the AI to be a little bit better. Right. And hopefully they'll give us some more data, you know, with these RSAs or even within, uh, you know, Facebook to understand what's working, what's not working so we can, you know, be the best marketers. So uh, our role as marketers are going to be moving down the assembly line a little bit that we're not putting the pieces together and we're not loosely on, on the uh, conveyor belt, right, uh, trying to put things together and stuffing a few chocolates in our mouth. Why did I go with that <laughs> analogy? I have no freaking clue. <laughs> but I think, I think I'm, that'll I'm be still the... old enough for I love Facebook. So there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I, I think mean, that'll be the case for Google Facebook. You yeah. need a ton of data in order for that to work well. Right. Smaller platforms, the LinkedIn's, the Quora's, the Reddit's, right? Like Pinterest, you know, maybe some degree TikTok because they still have a pretty like, uh, you know, young ad platform. Yep. You're still going to be doing a lot of hand-holding and still going to be, you know, really pulling those levers to make performance work for you. Right, but but to continue the thought is that a, a portion of our area is going to be really in that goal centric uh, yep. space, feedback loop to the AI, to the programmatics, and be able to actually demonstrate that next level of understanding of the consumer beyond just the lead. It's the behavior. It's the probabilistic concepts around understanding the consumer model that that gives us a little bit more maturity because AI can do the block and tackle. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Well, that's exciting. However, it's also scary as hell because I always reference <laughs> Skynet and, you know, I, I really do think that Skynet's going to first come from digital marketing platforms before because they have to, it has to understand human behavior. Where else is it going to learn human behavior than, than marketing? <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so take a pause here because you guys have some information. I wanted to certainly uh, take a moment and just talk about uh, your two different vocations. So, JD, you just announced your so uh, your role of head of marketing over at Osmos. Give us a quick thirty second. What's going on there, and uh, why'd you jump? Yeah, we're a team of ten people. Mm -hmm. I am uh, the first marketer. I'm the only marketer, and that is either going to excite you or it's going to scare you. Uh, I'm the kind of person that it excites. And so what I'm working on right now, I've been here for just over a month is we got a brand new rebrand. So we were 42 layers. Now we're Osmos, which means new colors, new website, new tracking, new Sweet. analytics, new ad accounts, new ads, right? It's everything that kind of fo uh, follows from that. And so yeah, on the marketing side, I'm doing a little bit of everything right now. So lots of hats and having a lot of fun. 
Very cool. Very good. All right. So uh, that's always great to be able to jump into a into a uh, kind of a startup like this. But it's been around for a bit, right? It's just uh, going through a rebrand and and really uh, a retooling itself. Yeah, yeah. They they started it back in 2019 okay. and have taken the last couple of years to really figure out what it is they're going to build and how they're going to build it. And now my job is to come in and how do I best tell that story? How do I best attract cool. the right type of clients? And, you know, hopefully get some people in the door, get some good leads and get some good customers. Sweet. Sweet. All right. Well, Joe, you got news as well. So tell us uh, what you're doing now. You're, you're taking on your own shingle, aren't you? Yeah, I'm my own now. Pretty much feels good. <laughs> the YouTube channel, which is kind of silently launched what I think the beginning of 2019 just mm -hmm. keeps growing and growing. We release a couple videos every week with no plans on stopping. Doesn't matter if it's a holiday week or not. Videos are coming out every week. Um, so that's growing, you know, brings in a, a, a good stream for us that we're happy with, but we want more of that. So I think the, the focus is really on content. We want to do more content education. So hoping to grow that soon, but still taking on clients and consulting and everything. It's Very cool. whatever people need help with. We know no specific niche or service thing that we would limit ourselves to. We're proud to have Wix as a sponsor for our Edge of the Web interview podcast series. They're always building, so check out what's happening on Wix. URL customization on Wix is now available on product pages. You can now customize URL path prefixes and even create a flat URL structure if that floats your boat. Plus, Wix automatically takes care of creating 301 redirects for all impact URLs. Full rollout is coming soon. Visit wix.com forward slash SEO to learn more. Wix, always evolving. Excellent. Well, congrats on that, guys. And I wish you the best in the world on, on the, the career path. We came together in a couple conversations. We talked about Quora. We talked about uh, fractional tribal type of marketing, this personal, personalization, uh, not things at scale, but finding loyalists in, uh, in different pockets. Uh, what growth do you guys see there in, in these more uh, nuanced pockets? I know uh, LinkedIn has really t taken hold with its new marketing platform. Platform. Bing has also expanded, obviously, with, with its connection with LinkedIn. But how have you seen businesses invest in this type of relationship, authority, trust marketing that's really foreign to mass marketing at a TV or conventional level, as well as just, uh, you know, mass digital marketing? How have you seen that been embraced by clients? I'll go to JD first. I think, you know, a lot of people really get it. And that's what they want kind of to begin with. No one really wants to quote unquote waste their ad spend, right? And I say waste because maybe it's not driving leads tomorrow or today, right. but at the same time, they want leads tomorrow and today and realize that they need to spend uh, at the same time. So there is this kind of like catch 22 that goes back and forth between those two. Mm -hmm. I, I don't really find myself having a hard time explaining the benefits of personalization and localization and really dialing it into who we need to go after. Mm -hmm. um, what I mostly have trouble with is, is it enough? Is it scalable? Yeah. And that's really the, uh, the second piece of that where you're trying to maybe diversify into a new ad platform or experiment while also keeping the lights on on what's actually working. Right, right. I mean, you can't go too far 
uh, off bubble. You still have to, right. to, to to keep the leads going and keep the business going. <laughs> but uh, there there are uh, undiscovered riches there in planting a brand in a Reddit or planting a brand in a Quora and actually creating right. a relationship there. And that cannot be done at scale. That has to be done with a level of intent. Uh, not only just from creative messaging, but subject matter expertise and continued payback to that channel, right? Yeah, that's 100% correct. And I think where that becomes a little tricky too is maybe that client, maybe it's your boss, isn't as familiar with Quora or as familiar with Reddit. Mm -hmm. And so therefore they're like, well, who goes there? Why would I go there? And you're like, I mean, so then it's like, okay, let me build the case, right? You know, it's yeah. 300, 400 million people going there every day, <laughs> right? It's like, this isn't a small number. It's really focusing <laughs> on not just the amount of people going there, but check out these communities, right. you know, go look at this subreddit that is like for Star Wars geeks like Joe that want to like, just go into the smallest detail of what's happening with Loki right? Like that, it's, that's perfect. Let's show that group some kind of Star Wars, you know, joke to, mm -hmm. you know, do some trivia, but you're also trying to reach out uh, without being too salesy, too markety when uh, ultimately try to kind of reach them where they are. And I think that's what good marketing is. And if you ask me as the marketer, that's actually way more fun mm. than just setting up, uh, you know, a smart campaign in Google ads sure. or going into Facebook and creating something. It's like really, really trying to hone in on who that audience is and how can I be there and deliver some value. And I think that's really the challenge, but the like the ultimate fun as a marketer. Absolutely. Joe, pulling your back around into this, you've certainly been in the space of, of this type of nuance of marketing as well as large scale platforms. How, how have you seen clients buy into this? And to JD's point, what trepidations have clients experienced and what wins can you tout about uh, the amount of time and investment into a localized, personalized type of campaign? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I probably said this a bunch of times. We hear clients or prospective clients a lot saying, you know, we want to be where the people are. And my canned response to that one is, sure, yeah, yeah, Google and Facebook are where the people are. Mm -hmm. In general, people, but where is your audience? There you know, and, and that's yeah. why I think people need to change that mentality whatsoever. It's like JD said, it, it's it's not hard to go into any of these platforms and find all the unique targeting options that, you know, there's certain targeting options you can only get in Snapchat yep. that you can't get in any other channel. Same thing with Twitter, with Quora, with Reddit, um, Spotify, Hulu, you know, they each have different things. And besides just the targeting, the unique ad formats between a lot of these channels, there, there's some are, are slower to catch up to speed. Like it took Reddit forever just to get pixel retargeting, but TikTok already has lead gen ads. So, I mean, it's, if you want to try to get some people to sign up for your newsletter, AKA we probably talking about collecting first party information is really important. Um, <laughs> TikTok is caught up yep. fairly quickly and they don't have anything that's super robust, but they already have lead gen ads. Like <laughs> I know how long has their ad platform been around right. and look how long it took like LinkedIn to get it or Absolutely. that type of thing. Yeah, so yeah. it's, it's keeping track of what's out there that's best for your company and because of that, we've we've seen better adoption when we're proactively bringing these to our to the table of our clients. Um, recently, we had a client who was doing a lot of YouTube, and you know me, I, I love YouTube, mm -hmm. but with their particular industry, I was like, have you, have you guys checked out Hulu ads? And then they're like, yeah, it's, it seems cool. And then I, I sent them 
hopefully we can find it and share it later. Yeah. But you can go on Hulu and look at all the different type of ad formats that they have. Right. When I first looked at it, I was like, whoa, this is way more than I expected and how interactive they can be because they know when people are watching TV, they have their phones on them. So all the QR code and interactive stuff that's there and the client saw that I was like, I didn't know you could do that. And in my head, I was like, I don't know either, but this is pretty cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. but it gave them different ideas. And, you know, the light, when you see the light bulbs go off as a marketer, that's when you get happy because, you know, like, oh, they're going to do this. Yeah, they're yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. going to try this out because they know this is perfect for their audience. And once you provide that and show them what they can do for their brand, it leads to more adoption. And we're not doing that just to get them to try a new platform. We're doing it because we know this has a good chance of working. And this is the test we should do instead of just trying to find new keywords for Google. Sure. And that, and that was kind of the, uh, the impetus of just getting into what the evolution of these platforms are. You find these nuances, these unique innovations at these smaller platforms. They're doing it for a purpose because they've got that unique audience targeting that you just, it's the tribe plus the opportunity to be able to meet that tribe with that that platform's directional tools there that you just won't find in, in the major river flow. I mean, these eddies and these small streams, they've got local communities and these platforms, if you're paying attention to them, are truly innovating right now. So is this the next space where all marketers really should be. It's not just a diversification of platform. It's really specializing in these different platforms to the degree of understanding the, the few tweaks that you got to do in a Hulu uh, video advertising campaign that will be a night and day difference than a large scale YouTube uh, video campaign. Is that where we're going here, guys? I mean, I would say anytime you can specialize you're you're gonna do well yes. you know our, our friend aj wilcox i mean he only does linkedin yep. right i mean and he's picked a platform and he's been able to make a business out of it and a very sustainable agency right yep. and i would say anytime you can do that do it um it's just make sure you can get enough clients make sure that you can <laughs> you know be the best at what that is so yeah i mean i would always say yeah go do it well you know it's always the second half of you know, can I support it? Can is I do it? Sustainable? it? Well, is it sustainable? <laughs> and I think also it's, you know, maybe you have an agency, uh, like, you know, maybe like Joe over here, he's like, I'm going to, I really want to focus on YouTube. You know, Michelle, you, you can go focus on Facebook, right. And right. you can kind of like split, you know, who's going to focus on what across many clients. So I think there's a lot of ways that you can do it, but I do think there is advantage to being a specialist on certain uh, platforms. Absolutely. All right. So Joe uh, teed it up for me. I'm going to take a swing at it here. Uh, the final topic of this show I wanted to cover was some privacy issues that we're experiencing right now. The iOS 14.5 update and uh, the future third-party cookie loss here. Uh, we're looking to actually lose a lot of the targeting that, I mean, we're talking about platform targeting. We're talking about audience targeting and remarketing tools. We're going to lose a lot of our ability to do so. In June 2020, Apple announced the, the iOS changes, effectively expanding existing user permissions that will have reverberating effects in advertising and marketing. It's now live and it's critical for marketers to actually future-proof uh, these different strategies here. Apple is requiring users to provide explicit permission for apps to collect and share data. It's a major privacy initiative. So basically, advertisers will not be able to pull from the IDFA, that's the identifier for advertisers, uh, unique identification 
this going to be this is going to be dropping from like 70% of apps collecting that data to about as low as 10. All right, so there's the scenario here. Personalized ads are directly tied to IDFA. That's going to be gone. That's already being removed. Have you seen this uh, starting to take effect on your campaigns? And what's your take on this this challenge to privacy and uh, how are we going to evolve our, our marketing strategies? Yeah, I mean, in, in my accounts, I am very lucky to say that the majority of my clients are, are very involved with their CRM and their CRM has been set up properly and yeah. tracking is there. So we have good data. I understand I'm blessed on that part, uh, but we have good data to go back and see the difference between what we're seeing in Facebook compared to what's in the actual CRM. And there are clear differences. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we have clients who say like, why is my CPL going up? Or why is my CPA going up? And we could export the same date ranges and compare and be like, this is clearly what's happening. Yeah. You know, we've had, we've had clients on Facebook where 60 to 70% of their traffic lifetime consistently has been Apple devices and they've lost a chunk of that. And when everything was put in place and we lost the breakdown information for any on-site conversion actions. So we can't see any more right. age ranges, uh, gender ranges, placement device breakdowns. It makes it a lot harder to optimize. So I'm also lucky that my clients have understood this, especially when we show the data of the discrepancies and the mm -hmm. information that we're losing, mm -hmm. that every single one of them, if they weren't running lead gen campaigns on the platform, they're running at least one now to start collecting yeah. that information to add to nurture campaigns that they already have set up in HubSpot to add to their MailChimp list or whatever, and understanding how we need to help some of the other branding platforms and channels that they're using mm -hmm. to really focus on using that information that we can have either add another touch point to the user to do better marketing, but also just to make sure that we're getting information back within the channel as much as we can. As much as you can, yeah. And uh, the first person data collection is essential. And we can use that for the platforms. TikTok, I mean, your last video, uh, you're talking about a, a, a personalization on uh, TikTok itself. So you can upload just like you do with uh, Google emails and Facebook personalization data. You can you can send that straight to TikTok for delivery. So it's going to get more closer and closer relationships. We have to have the collection uh, mindset before anything else, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then when we start using some of these on-channel features like lead forms, specifically mm -hmm. in Facebook, other audiences that you can do within Google, when, when they're staying on the platforms, we can create audiences of Facebook of people who've interacted or completed your lead forms. You can create those audiences on LinkedIn too. Yep. You can create you know, video interaction audiences on YouTube. So when you're keeping the user on channel and you're getting those uh, actions recorded right, and right. saved within audiences, then we can still market to the Apple users or anyone else potentially lost a third-party cookie because they're staying on the platform and we at least know who they are on that given platform. And you still have the lookalike audiences that you can tie into based on that transaction model, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So as, you know, as interest targeting is going to fluctuate because they can't track what these users are doing on these third-party websites, then when we get more first-party information, it's going to hopefully feed better root audiences, like you said, for lookalikes, because if we're creating lookalikes off of certain page visits or just, you know, other interest audiences that have performed well in the past. Sure. You've probably already seen differences in performance since everything went down because the quality of that audience may not be as good. But if we can keep that off of 
some sort of higher level conversion action, hopefully you're still building your deeper conversion action audiences, then hopefully it's going to keep your lookalikes uh, still in place or maybe even improve them because yeah. you're actually spending time actually getting legit customer information instead of just all audience-based or web page visit audiences. Which we should have actually been doing anyway, all things yeah, being 100%. Able, right? right? Absolutely. So uh, along with this, we are, we're losing third-party cookies by 2022. Regulations designed to protect consumer privacy, particularly the California Consumer Privacy Act and major technology companies will require explicit permission uh, to share and use data, uh, data generated from digital interactions. It's a $152 billion in advertising industry, and we're going to lose data lose access to that data. So advertisers and publishers have to adjust for their collections. Uh, JD, what are your thoughts on this loss of data and uh, maybe what you've conveyed to your own clients? If they're not, I mean, you, Joe's got some astute clients here. You're obviously, your company is your client, right? But at the same time, we're, we're losing a lot of visibility there. What, ha, what have you experienced in client understanding and uh, maybe uh, adaptivity. How about that? I think I think this is where loss aversion comes into a place, right? I mean, people don't like when things are taken away from them. Right. That's really what it comes down to. Um, but at the same time, this is what our customers are asking for. This is what people are asking for. I mean, go look at exactly. the iOS 14 update and how many people have opted in. I mean, you're looking at four to 6% have said, yeah, you can track me. Mm -hmm. And so... 95% of people with Apple devices are saying, don't track me. I don't want you to track me. And it took realistically over 10 years for Apple to realize, oh, we just gave Google and Facebook all this money. Like they could have stopped this from day one yep. and said, this isn't allowed. Maybe Facebook doesn't even exist at this point with as far as how big of an ad platform it is. So I don't know. This is the things that I've been thinking about, right? Mm -hmm, it's like mm -hmm. they've allowed Facebook and Google to grow into what they are, trillion dollar companies, right? Um, so for me, looking back on it, I'm okay with it. Like, I, I think it just kind of comes down to, I'm really thankful that my, 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 uh, our, our CEO is a big privacy nerd. Mm -hmm. um, and so he's like, good good. Don't track me. You know, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, uh, make sure you have all the GDPR regulations, you know, on the mm -hmm, website. Mm -hmm. So I'm sorry if you get hit, you know, and you don't like it. And it says like, you accept these cookies when you go to the Osmos website or whatever. But I mean, that's like a $10,000 fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? And, in, uh, Euro and in Europe, it's even worse. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it, huge. it's got like 80 or 82 different type of cookie policies yeah. that you have to have to navigate per country. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. So what yeah. what you're really saying is, if I could kind of summarize, is this is going to be the new norm regardless. That's correct. And, and it should have yeah. been. And we just need to get ready for that. And, and you're both saying the same thing. Uh, uh, Pull in as much as you can, be able to yeah. have that connection to that that one-to-one -one audience so you can directly market to them. Uh, there are thoughts about experience marketing and direct engagement to customers and even like the uh, probabilistic targeting. I, one last point I wanted to ask you about is what are your thoughts regarding Google's flock? That's the... Uh, the posited federated learning of cohorts. Um, it's It's... Position to be kind of a replacement signal for third parties. Uh, it's going to have in-market and Google affinity audiences. They've got ad fraud pr protection, anti-fingerprint. Basically, it's going to we're going to be tying into this this uh, anonymous behavior 
And as we learn more about the audiences, we're going to learn more probably that this be, this visitor has this particular set of set of mannerisms. It's uh, deductive reasoning as opposed to a direct cookie uh, cookie tracking scenario here. What have you? What are your thoughts? Have you chewed on flock at all? What the, what the flock is this? That was actually a pretty good segue. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as a as a fellow podcast host, I'm I'm pretty jealous of that. That, that was pretty good. Um, with, I haven't uh, really like chewed on it enough, honestly. Um, I just you know it's something I need to familiarize myself with a lot more. Um, but I I I can see how Google wants you to become more reliant on them for this information, um, but. Yeah, I think for me, uh, I'll, I'll pass it over to Joe because I don't, I don't really have a uh, expert opinion on this one. Joe, what do you think? Initially, honestly, I'm I'm not too scared about it. Clearly, with my love of YouTube, and I still use Google Display and everything. It, we've done a lot of audience targeting with the way it is now. Right. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of PBC marketers out there that run Display or YouTube when they check like their placement reports and, and everything else or, or the performance of some of these audiences. They're like, are they really that good anyway? <laughs> you know, and there's a lot of those from like, I get it from the individual to the cohort of, of grouping them together. Mm -hmm. um, part of me is just going to be a wait and see. I'm honestly not too worried about it. Um, so the I'm probably pretty picky with my audiences and what I typically target within those channels anyway, um, whether it's a, a custom-based audience and everything. Now, with, with custom audiences, that's typically what I create for my YouTube stuff anyways, and those are based off of Google.com and YouTube search history, mm -hmm. broad match related. Again, keeping on the Google and YouTube platform all owned by the same property. So that's still first party data they're collecting because that's theirs. Right. So those for much, those are my go-to audiences. Those are the ones I honestly sometimes even test before remarketing. And those aren't the ones that are really going to be affected at all. And to me, those are the most effective audiences on the Google platform. So I still use in-market audiences and, and I will test them out, but I'm honestly not too worried about it because even though we've seen like interest targeting change within Facebook, it hasn't been absolutely drastic where things tank. And I still think they have enough data signals from users that they still have good information from those users. And again, if it comes back down to privacy, I think the user itself will be happy. Yeah, very good. Well, we've kind of given uh, these guidance points to uh, our listeners here, but if we were to uh, uh, give one thought to uh, companies that are listening to us, uh, it's almost like a prepper's mindset. We need to prep <laughs> for uh, the loss of cookies here in 2022. Uh, final thought on that for uh, our listening audience. Uh, JD. Yeah, I, I think I said earlier, uh, Constraint breeds innovation. Start now. Um, and so you're going to have these constraints coming up to where what you've been used to mm -hmm. won't be available. And uh, you have to start prepping for it. Um, if you guys remember back in GDPR a couple of years ago, all of a sudden we were like, oh, crap. Like, I, I got to get this like on my website, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I think cool. we all were like kind of pushed it off. And I think now's the time to actually start thinking through how am I collecting my audiences? How am I pushing that information back? And you just need to do a lot of like trial and error and start setting this stuff up, whether that's through Tag Manager, whether that's through your CRM mm -hmm. and start pushing data around because I think that's ultimately what's going to help whenever you're prepping for this coming up and next year. 
Yeah, yeah. And side note on that point is that there is a financial uh, set of teeth there on the email consent scenario. I think it's ten or twenty thousand dollars per email if yeah. uh, the DOJ starts clamping on this, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's not a small number for no, uh, a lot of our <laughs> listeners. Like I, I can guarantee when I hear you know some of these you know think about all these like Shopify you know D 2 C brands that are doing hundreds of orders every day mm -hmm. thousands like no thank you i don't want to pay that bill nope. like you better make sure that you have um your data policy tight and make sure that you're thinking about europe but you also need to be thinking about you know the california regulations uh coming up and then how that also relates to, <laughs> to google's policy and facebook's policy so we're kind of caught in the middle of this as the business or as the you know agency trying to really help um, you know, people really think through these, like they're, they're not easy. I mean, it, it's definitely tough because no. you're going to have to have lawyers involved. Yeah. Oh, crap. He, he said, the L, <laughs> he said the L word, uh, Joe, any final guidance for our digital, uh, marketing prepping community now? Yes, be a lawyer who specializes in this. There you, you go. There you go. Thousand dollars an hour. Career advice from Joe Martinez. There we go. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, honestly, it's, it really comes down to what we talked about today. It's understanding your options out there for marketing because they offer different features in terms of either targeting or ad platforms. Mm -hmm. And then one thing, you know, kind of going back to a client example is when they saw results decline and we know, okay, we're not going to just promote the blog anymore. We're going to start doing gated content. Well, if someone just is going to read a guide or a PDF and they're going to give your information, what does that offer? You know, why, why should they give the information? And it's forced our clients to really think of what we're going to put in front of that user's face. That's going to make them want to give their information. So it's understanding that you need to have something that's worthwhile. That's going to make them want to learn more about your brand. And it's actually forcing us to be better marketers there so it's, it it's, it's it's actually for i guess this is wrong to say it's like <laughs> not for once but like now it's like everyone is finally i think realizing that we need to do better for the customer experience and actually giving them what they want instead of us trying to like hey you should give us your information for no reason it doesn't work like that anymore because now people are going to be inundated with more type of lead form and data collection type stuff because people need that first party information you're going to have to work a lot harder that you're going to have a better offer that people are actually going to want to do it and, but at the same time if they're actually explicitly allowing you into the private intimate settings of their inbox they're going to be more apt to buy as well so you have the opportunity of even a higher conversion if you're doing it correctly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and it's it's when we're doing non-salesy type marketing yeah. and actually focusing on portraying our brands as trusted, helpful, guiding brands, then we're seeing better results instead of just asking for people's money right away all the time. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to follow JD and Joe on social, follow them on Twitter at JD Prater. Uh, as well as at Milwaukee PPC on Facebook. Joe is facebook.com forward slash paid media pros on LinkedIn. You can find JD at JD Prater and LinkedIn Joe Martinez with a Z PPC Instagram. Joe's on uh, Instagram at Milwaukee PPC and Joe's channel. I'm not going to repeat that. Just, just try to find <laughs> 
paid media pros. You know, somebody has to tell them to get a, a vanity URL on that. So go over to YouTube and search for paid media pros as well. Please don't forget to like and subscribe to the Edge of the Web on YouTube. And if you're really filling up to it today, drop us a quick review on iTunes as well. Thanks to our sponsor, Site Strategics. And make sure that you check out all the must-see videos and much more of the insider information over at edgeofthewebradio.com. That's edgeofthewebradio.com. Do not forget that we have an active weekly newsletter. So if you text to the number 22828, the word Edge Talk, you can sign up right there. And yes, you can sign up right at the banner on the top of edgeofthewebradio.com. Free of charge. And we're sending over nuggets of gold into your inbox of the news of the day, the interview that we had of the guest, as well as much more. So check that out. Free of charge. We certainly want to give back to our Edge community. So be safe, be well, and do not be a piece of cyber driftwood. We'll talk to you next week. We'll be right back.